We are going to conclude this morning our Live Ready series by looking at just a single verse of Scripture, at least as our main text, that comes at the end of the opening summary that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 24. And this one verse, I would suggest to you, is um, all the other verses, all the other ideas in this grand discourse all point to this verse, the idea of this verse, and this verse holds, I would say, the, the central application for you and me, for all of us in this series of messages in this great block of teaching. It's Matthew chapter 24, the one verse, verse 14 in a message titled, A Mission to Live For, A Mission to Live For. It says this, Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And this gospel will of the kingdom, just the way Jesus calls it, will be preached in the whole world, and then the end will come. That's the answer, or the first time he really answers the disciples' main question. This whole thing started, these two chapters, this long extended sermon on saying, when's the end going to come? And this is his summary statement. Now, this one verse I would suggest to you, and we've been teaching, the, we've been going over the book of Matthew, if you've been with us in Browncroft for a year and a half, so it's hard to think of all that or to, to summarize all that. But this one verse is where the book has been heading from the beginning, from the four uh, female Gentiles that were part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter one, from the Magi or the men from the East who are part of the Christmas story uh, in the birth of Jesus in chapter two, from the centurion servant, the Roman centurion servant that Jesus heals, right, in Matthew chapter eight, from the Canaanite woman, right, the Syrophoenician woman that Jesus, you know, that embraces and ministers to in Matthew 15, to where this gospel ends. This is where, this is, this is pointing in that direction, this one verse. The grand vision that launches the church, right, we call it the Great Commission, is when Jesus is, or the resurrected Jesus standing on this uh, mountain with his disciples, and he says, listen, this is it. Let me give it to you in, a, in one uh, small paragraph. Go and make disciples, followers of Jesus, from all nations. Now, we're used to hearing that, but it's a radical statement, right? All nations, not just Jewish people in the, in the streets and the highways of, of Judea or Jerusalem or Palestine, but of all nations, right? And that statement, which is where this has all been heading, is a fulfillment of the promise given to Abraham we call it the Abrahamic covenant, the promise given to Abraham way back in the opening pages of the Bible. What am I saying here? What's Jesus saying here? The real reason that we are still here, I'm talking about you and me, this, even Jesus' disciples are saying, when's this gonna be over? When's this gonna end? Here we are 2,000 years later. The real reason, below all the reasons that we are still here today, living in this world, you and me, is because of God's great love for the people of this broken and confused world. And here's an irony that I want to point out to us today. It, God's love for the people in this broken and confused world who today, not just in Rochester, but virtually everywhere, could not go to church even if they wanted to, right? This is un un unprecedented. But they can experience the gospel, the heart of the church, in the context of your life and in my life.
the most important way you and I can live ready is what I'm saying here. The most important way we can live out the true heart of this passage is by a commitment to want to share this message with other people in our lives, to share the gospel. But a couple things about this for you and me as we wrap up this series and think about this passage. The go- what does it mean to preach the gospel? What does it mean to share the gospel? You have to know the gospel, my first point, before you can fully believe it. You have to know the gospel before you can fully believe it. Many people in our day and, in, and really in the history of the church have reduced the gospel, if I asked you to say it, if I, someone asked me to say it, to something less than what it truly is. We, we may be sharing things that are true, right? A verse here, an idea here. We're sharing things that are true, but we're not saying the full truth. What do you mean, Rob? What I mean is this. The gospel is a set of beliefs about the histor- historical death and resurrection of Jesus. Absolutely. But that's not all it is. The gospel is a teaching about a new identity that people have in Christ. Does it mean to be in Christ? I have a new identity as a son of God, as a daughter of God, a whole new identity, but that's not all it is. The gospel is the gospel of the kingdom, which is what Jesus calls it in Matthew's gospel, is about a whole new set of values, Sermon on the Mount. It's a whole worldview, but that's not all it is. It is all three of these things found and centered in the person of Jesus Christ that need to be embraced and then released into your life and released into my life. That's what the gospel is. Romans 1.16, Paul says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Now, Notice what he says there. It's a powerful, powerful verse. He doesn't say the gospel points to the power of God. You know, it leads to the power of God. The gospel that is experiencing the true freedom and release that comes through encountering the the good news of Jesus. I mean, in real ways, in your heart, your mind. It is the power of God. God in your life. One preacher said um, that I like, you may have heard this. He said, no, the gospel is not the ABCs of the Christian life. The gospel is the A to Z of the Christian life, right? Do you understand that? Do I understand that? You have to know the gospel before you want to fully, before you can fully believe it. You know, you've heard these famous words of Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. Now, that's clever and interesting, but let me tell you the implication of it. I believe that's true. But what he's saying is, um, if all you have is words, right? The Bible's central, but if all you have is words, you're not preaching the gospel, right? I'm not preaching the gospel. I want to challenge you. Maybe this is the main application of this whole message. To sit down, to slow down. And I want you to think about your life as I want to stop and think about my own life and think about how people, Right now, in the midst of this season we're living in, how do people experience you, right, in the coronavirus as an example? But how do people experience me? Do they experience me as as someone who's anxious, who's fearful, who's maybe critical? Or do they experience me as someone who's gracious with my time and resources and life? Is someone who is confident 
in God's management of the world and of my own life shows, and someone who has an attitude that is ready to serve um, other people. I would say to you, how you answer that question, how I answer that question, will tell you, will tell me whether or not you really know the gospel, um, whether you've really believed the gospel in your life. So first, to live out this passage, you need to know the gospel. I need to know the gospel, right? It's not just a set of beliefs. It's not just a new identity. It's not just a set of values. It's all three of those things. If before I can truly believe it. Second thing is you have to experience the gospel, okay, in all of its facets, if it's truly going to change your life, right? You gotta experience the gospel. It certainly begins with belief in the historical facts. They're central, right? This isn't a myth, this isn't a this isn't a concept, this isn't an idea. Jesus Christ lived a real life in a real geography. He died a death that he didn't deserve. God uh, uh, allowed his son, Jesus submitted to this uh, death. He died a death and rose from the dead, okay? These facts are central and they're the starting point, but believing those facts by themselves will not change your life. Believing those facts by themselves will not give you the influence or me the influence Uh, the power to influence other people in this way. The gospel has to be experienced. Your heart and your mind need to be transformed bit by bit as you believe more deeply in the gospel, as you reflect more deeply on the truths of the gospel, as you rejoice and learn to rejoice more fully in the gospel, what it is that God has done for you. I saw this um, documentary not long ago on deep um, sea diving, right? And I, I don't know a lot about deep sea diving, but it was fascinating. And I think, you know, especially interesting because of the sophistication of the um, cameras, the underwater cameras that they have today. I don't know, I don't think anything about this, but, but it, was, it was as if, you were, you, were, you were taking this dive with this guy and he gets into the water and almost immediately, the whole point of this, this dive was, was to go down to a certain depth and, and you started to go down in this sort of rapid descent in the ocean um, with this diver because of uh, the cameras attached to his equipment. And if you've seen this kind of thing before and you know this, it within, I don't know, seconds, a half a minute, it seemed like to me anyway, it seemed like he had gone where there was no more light. The light on the surface of the water was absolutely gone within about a half a minute. And within a very short period of time as he's going down and you're kind of going down with him, at least watching this on television, all of a sudden it was complete and total darkness. I mean, totally darkness, like a darkness that could be felt. And I imagine, and, and, uh, but I thought to myself as I watched it, what would it feel like to be that guy or woman especially if you've never, especially if it was just your first time. I mean, there's a first time for, for, for everyone that's a diver. And I thought it must be um, incredibly fearful. I mean, it'd be one thing just to be sitting in a dark room. I mean, in, in you know, uh, all the lights off by yourself, 
or out in a, you know, away from the city in a dark field all by yourself. That has one kind of potential fear that it might strike. Imagine that that's happening in your underwater. And the only thing keeping you alive is some, you know, uh, uh, you know, extended oxygen apparatus. How much fear would that strike in your heart if you'd never done this? That's what I was thinking. But when he finally got down to the bottom, at least as far as they were taking him, I mean, so the end of his, of his run, um, his rope, so to speak, um, it was all dark. But then gradually, all of a sudden, it was as if somebody turned a light on in the... Um, in this, uh, in this spot. And it was sort of this blue light. It was a different kind of light, but it, it was in a light. And all of a sudden, you could see um, plant life and coral and then creatures. And then oh, all of a sudden, this big school of fish. And then within a minute or three, uh, even a large fish of a kind swimming, you know, within five or 10 feet of this diver. And I thought, and now what would it feel like I was trying to feel it myself. Certainly a sense of fear, a sense of um, maybe being a little bit overwhelmed. But then as you take a minute to experience and take in this light, then a sense of calm, maybe a sense of wonder, maybe even a sense of joy. And I thought, this describes this experience as, a, as, an, as an example. I think what a lot of us experience in our terms of our relationship with God, what do I mean? That is to say, I think a lot of us spend much of our lives on the surface of what it is that God really wants to do in our lives. But see, what God wants to do when our, for God to do a greater work in your life of redemption, of healing, of freedom, I need to take the deep dive. This is what the gospel is. It's a deep dive. You've heard this truth before, but it's worth staying. I, I think it may have been Tim Keller that said this. You and I, I am more wicked than I ever imagined, right? I want to think about it. Sometimes you forget a flash of it. I'm more wicked than I ever imagined, but I am more loved than I ever dreamed. He said, that one statement is the essence of the gospel. There are two powerful truths that coexist together. But if I really want to be a changed person, if I really want to experience the gospel at deeper levels in my heart, my mind, my imagination, my memories, who I am, my abilities to, to live the life that God wants me to live, I need to take the plunge. That's what I think the Bible tells us. I need to be willing to go down and to see, right? To have the courage to face my sin, which we all have in, in, in its complexity and its ugliness and its brokenness, but to also experience the grace and the love that will change your life and that will change my life. This is what we're talking about. Listen to these words. First Peter chapter um, one, Peter the apostle is talking about the same thing to his the people he's writing to, uh, verses 10 through 12. Concerning this salvation, speaking to this other congregation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. Fancy way of saying, listen, the prophets of the Old Testament, who were not experiencing what you and I experience, 
they were given these prophecies about the coming Messiah, the suffering of the Messiah, the glories that would follow, the death, the resurrection, the gospel, right? They were just given a vision of it. It was that revealed to them that they were not serving themselves. These prophecies were not for them. But you, me, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Now, watch this last line. Even angels long to look into these things. Peter's saying, listen, the gospel is so beautiful. The gospel is so potent. The depths and breadths of the gospel are so wonderful. It's not the ABCs, God's love for you, his power that wants to be released in you by Jesus accomplished the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's, it's the A to Z of the Christian life. And he's saying, listen, I don't know how Peter would know this, right? How could Peter possibly know, the apostle Peter, 1 Peter, that what the angels thought, what the angels did, what would Peter know about the angels unless, he's either, either one of two things are true. He's just being clever and, and, and he's just sort of, you know, just um, hypothesizing. You're throwing this in there as an interesting um, thing to, to think about. He's making it up. Or he heard this from Jesus or he was revealed to him by God. And I'm going to believe the latter because it's found here in the scriptures. I don't think Peter's being light and I don't see him being careless in any other way. He's saying, listen, and if this is true, listen, if the angels of God who are sophisticated, holy, wise, highly intelligent, and, and live and surround God, around God, if, if angels look into the gospel and wonder at its beauty, right, why does it not fascinate you if it doesn't? And why does it not fascinate me, right? That's what we're trying to say. That's what is so critical in this. Listen to this quote from N.T. Wright, the, the, the New Testament writer. He said this, the need which the Christian life answers is not so much that we are ignorant and need better information, but that we are lost and need someone to come and find us, stuck in the quicksand, waiting to be rescued, dying in need of a new life, right? This is really what the gospel is. Is the gospel a set of beliefs? Yes, it is, but that's not all it is. Is the gospel about a new identity? Yes, it is, but it's not all it is. Is the gospel about a new set of values and a new worldview? Yes, it is, but it's not all it is. It's all of these things. And you have to experience all of these things if you really want to experience a changed life. Now, where does this leave us? Finally, what's Jesus getting at, right? The gospel shall be preached to all the world and then the end shall come. The purpose of time is to preach the gospel. It's a powerful idea. This is really what Jesus is saying. After Jesus rose from the dead, remember he's answering the, the disciples' question about times and dates and seasons. What's the end of the world gonna look like? And Jesus keeps trying to push them back to say, don't worry about what's happening at the end. Worry about what's happening between now and the end. How can you live ready today? And you know, after Jesus rose from the dead, which is an amazing, imagine being around someone who rose from the dead, and all this, this great miracle happened, that has transpired. Jesus is back sitting with his disciples. Acts chapter 1, where the church of Jesus Christ, the history of the church, is, ta is, is, is first um, taught and recorded. 
Jesus spends 50 days with his disciples, right? Not one moment here and one dinner there. 50 days he spends with his disciples talking with them about the kingdom of God. But you know what they do? They ask him the same question they asked him before he ever died and rose from the dead. Acts 1, 6 through 8. Listen to these words. Then, this is after the resur- Jesus rose from the dead, they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, it's a time and date question. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. Remember Romans 1? When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying, listen, same thing he said in Matthew 24. You're focused on the wrong things, friends. It's not about times and dates. It's not about what's going to happen when this second coming is going to happen. It's about what you and I are doing in the meantime. How are we living ready today? And what he's saying is the purpose of time is to preach the gospel. This is for you and me. It's to be a witness. Now, sometimes we hear that word, at least I've heard that word sometimes, or, or, and it seems, you know, we, it's lost its true meaning. We have this, these weird associations with, you know, witness, be a witness. Um, it All it simply means is to tell other people about what God has done in your life or what God is doing in your life and, when necessary, using words. That's all it means. He's saying, listen, the purpose of time is for you and me to go into the world right now, especially of all times, right now, and help other people who are spiritually lost come to understand the amazing love of God. That's the only reason that we're still here. Things are still churning in this broken and confused world. So how do you do that? A couple things quickly. I've mentioned this to you before. In, in, in other times, but how? what's a great way to do? These are just three basic principles or concepts. It's not a formula, but let me give them to you. Pray, invest, invite. We've talked about them before. Pray, invest, invite. Start praying for some of the people, friends, neighbors, relatives, student friends, um, whoever they are that you, you just sp- spend a few minutes. It won't take you long to come up with a list of some friends some associates, you know, people in your life who, who are spiritually lost and that God puts on your heart. Start praying for them in this season. To invest. What does that mean? Um, spend time with them in one way or the other instead of spending time doing other things, right? Write them a note, have a cup of coffee virtually, whatever it is. Take a walk with a mask on, whatever you have to do right? Make an investment in someone else's life. Listen, share, talk about what God has done in your life, right? Uh, read a book, right? Uh, together and invite. Well, what does that mean, Rob? What do, what do I mean to invite? Listen, it simply means invite him to a deeper conversation. Invite him to, to read something with you. Invite them, friend, a neighbor, student, a sports team, whatever, to um, go to church with you virtually, right? Why? Because, I mean, it couldn't be easier. All they need, all they need to do is just, you know, 
click the, the link on their, on their phone or their computer. Could not be easier, but they need an invitation to do that and see what God does, okay? So this is my challenge. How do we live ready today? We need to know the gospel before we can truly believe it. We need to experience the gospel before it's going to change your life. And we need to realize the purpose of time that we have right now is to preach the gospel. And when necessary, of course, use words. Now, before we close, let me say this. If you are listening to this message this morning and you'd say, whether you've been a church before or not, whether you're a church person or not, whether you are just um, a friend of a friend, but you're listening to this broadcast this morning, I'd say, but you've never received the gospel. You've never experienced um, the forgiveness of sin, which is at the heart of the promise of the gospel. It's not something you buy or you earn or you get through signing up with a church or organization. It's, it's God's gift, but you need to believe it, right? You need to open your heart to it. You need to receive it to as many as received him. John 1, I think, 12, 13, 14, to as many as received him, to them he gave power, Romans 1, to become the sons and the daughters of God. It's a a miracle, but you have to receive it. So if you've never done that, uh, I want to encourage you to do it right now, just to pray this prayer with me. Open your heart to receive the gift that God wants to give you um, in faith and trust. And let me say this to others too. Some of you might want to use this as an opportunity to rededicate your hearts, right? To rededicate your life to a greater work of the gospel. So let's pray right now in this, uh, right where you sit in your, in your living room, your kitchen, whatever, just pray with me. These words, your own words from your heart. God and Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus into this world to um, stand in my place, to die for my sin and to experience true forgiveness uh, because of what he has done for me, that he died for me, he rose for me, and he offers me this. And I I open my life today, right now, and ask that you would forgive me of my sin. You would give me the promised Holy Spirit uh, that you talked about, and that I might begin today my life with you. I might begin to walk with you uh, in a new way of life. And I also pray, Father, uh, for some of us, if this is me, if this is you, I pray, I want to rededicate my life today to a more full experience of believing the gospel. Help me to know, Lord, that I need to take a deeper dive. I need to go deeper in uh, my uh, uh, ability to, to allow your grace to touch my mind, to touch my heart, to touch my attitudes, to touch my intellect my fears and my anxieties, that I might know the true um, healing and and freedom that you want me to have and experience. And I just, I thank you for the gift of the gospel. Help me to be a messenger of the gospel more fully today in this world, in in this troubled world today, in Jesus' name, amen. So let me say this, uh, friends, before we go. If you have prayed that prayer, either a first-time decision to receive Christ as your Savior, it's a very big deal, or a rededication, uh, that's a big deal too, and or you'd just like some more information uh, to follow up on how to live 
um, take a next step in a, in a walk with Jesus or a relationship with God, just I want to just do this, uh, if you would. Text the word uh, name Jesus to the number on the screen, and we will follow up with just a uh, with you today. I mean, it'll be a form. It'll come through right back to your phone or to computer where you can just give us some basic information. And then we'll send you, we want to send you a gift. That's the main reason. We want to send you a, a small gift that we think will help you um, in taking some next steps and then give you some more information uh, to begin to experience a relationship with God uh, in a new way or um, in a renewed way today. Amen. Hope you have a great Sunday and look forward to seeing you again next week.